The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, what is up you guys? Welcome back dito sa Stories Philippines Podcast. Ako uli ang inyong makakasama. I'm your host, Rap, and welcome to another episode of Philippine True Crimes. In this episode, pag-uusapan ulit natin ang isa sa mga crimes na nangyari dito mismo sa ating bansa sa Pilipinas na talaga namang humakot ng atensyon sa mga Pilipino at hindi lang sa mga Pilipino maging sa mga taga-ibang bansa and na talagang mga yung nagpakilabot sa mga tao noon ngayon hahalungkatin natin yung mga crime cases na yan at pag-uusapan natin So in this episode ang case na pag-uusapan natin ay ang The Most Notorious Rape and Slay Cases That Shocked the Philippines 
Yan, tatalakayin natin yung mga rape and slay cases na talagang nagpagulat sa mga Pilipino at sa buong Pilipinas. This is written by Mario Alvaro Limos on August 23 to 2019. So special credits to Mario, to Sir Mario. It is written on EsquireMag.ph. So bisitahin ninyo etong kanyang um, blog or kung ano bang tawag dito, um, article niyan tong post niya sa Google. So bisitahin nyo lang, basahin nyo kung gusto nyong mabasa. Once again, the most notorious rape and slay cases that shocked the Philippines. One person is raped in the Philippines every hour. This is based on police records cited by the Center for Women's Resources in 2017. Sadly, this figure could just be a fraction of the many victims of rape who are incapacitated to speak out. 60% of rape victims don't acknowledge that they had been raped because of fear, trauma, and shame. Rape in the Philippines has become so common that it seems to have desensitized us. Even if rape these days is just as gruesome, monstrous, and revolting as rapes in the past. Yet, rape cases no longer repulse us to a point that this become daily headlines for months. Perhaps, there's just too many of them. There was a time when people used to remember the victims' names. The following are just some of the most unspeakable rape-slay cases that have shocked the Philippines. So grabe no, according daw sa Center for Women's Resources, kada oras isang babae or isang tao ang nare-rape dito sa bansa natin. So come to think of it, ganun kadami, sobrang dami yung nagiging biktima ng rape. And yung one person every hour na, na daw na yon. parang hindi pa yun yung pinaka-exact na number ng nare-rape sa Pilipinas. Parang ano lang siya, fraction. Kasi maraming mga nare-rape ang hindi nila sinasabi na nare-rape sila or hindi sila nagko-confess sa mga authorities, sa families nila. Kasi una, yun nga, andun na yung trauma, andun na yung takot, yung fear, and syempre yung shame. Syempre, nahihiya na sila sa sarili nila, sa katawan nila, and nahihiya na silang mag-speak out. Kaya, hindi sigurado yung pinaka-total number ng rape cases or ng mga na-rape dito sa Pilipinas kasi nga, may mga taong ganun na natatakot sila mag-speak out. Now, as a podcast host, I feel like I'm responsible to say this to, um, like... To advocate this, even though I'm just a nobody, um, sasabihin ko to na if you are a victim of rape or if you know someone that is a victim of rape, um, huwag kayo matakot, huwag kayo mahiya, don't be ashamed. Kasi una sa lahat, hindi nyo naman kasalanan yan, okay? Huwag kayo maniwala dun sa mga nagtatao na kasalanan nyo yan kung ba't kayo na-rape kasi ang iikli ng suot ninyo, kasi lumalabas kayo ng gabi. No, there's nothing... I'm not saying na entirely there's nothing wrong with that. Pero hindi yun yung dahilan kung bakit kayo na-rape. There are just some people na talagang, alam nyo yun, yung parang sinasapian talaga ng demonyo na sobrang sama nila at nagagawa nila, nagawin yun sa kapwa nila. So it's not your fault. It is the rapist 
oh, kayong bakit ka na-rape? Okay, so wag wag na wag kang wag na wag mong idadown yung sarili mo, wag na wag mong ikakahiya yung sarili mo. Wag ka mahiya na mag-speak out. Um, kung natatakot ka and napakikinggan mo to, it is time for you to speak out sa parents mo, sa family mo or even sa friends mo and sa mga authorities para makapag-take action para mapagbayad yung taong nang rape sa So Wag ka matakot, wag ka mag-alala. There are many people who are going to support you at isa na ako doon. Isa na ang podcast na to doon. And to those people who are putting shame to rape victims and for guilt-tripping them, guilt-trapping them, sa mga nagsasabi na doon sa mga victims na kasalanan nila kung bakit sila naging biktima ng rape, I am telling you that you are entirely wrong. Okay? So, hindi kasalanan ng mga rape victims kung bakit sila nare-rape. Kasalanan yan ng mga rapists. So, yung mga rapists na yan, sila dapat yung sisihin, sila dapat yung mahiya sa sarili nila, sila dapat yung maparosahan. In the worst case possible, dapat, mag, dapat magbayad sila sa ginawa nila. So, anyways, going back to our topic. So, here's our first on the list. The Silawan Rape Case, which happened on 2019. In March 2019 in Lapu-Lapu City in the Visayas, 16-year-old Christine Lee Silawan asked permission from her mother if she could go to church that evening. She was a member of the church ministry that collected donations from the churchgoers. Her mother allowed her to go, thinking that she would return home after an hour. But she never did. The next day, a body of a girl about the same age as Silawan was found in the field. The skin and muscles on her face carved clean right down to the bone, revealing the skull, eyeballs intact. She also had over 30 stab wounds on different parts of her body. Some of these were defense wounds. Photos of the gruesome scene quickly went viral on social media. People learned that Bone was really white. Police had a hard time identifying the victim because of what was done to her face. Eventually, they identified her as Christine based on DNA results. Her mother was inconsolable. Nearly a month later, police arrested 42-year-old Renato Payupan Lenes, who confessed to the crime. According to Lenes, he posed as a different person on social media and lured Silawan to meet him. He became obsessed with Silawan and when he learned that she had relationships with other boys, he became jealous and enraged, so he killed her. I used a dummy account on Facebook to lure Christine. We chatted frequently until we became a couple on Facebook, said Lenes in a report by the Inquirer. We agreed to meet personally for the first time on March 10 at Sacred Heart Parish in Lapu-Lapu City. We fought on our way to Barangay Bangkal and that's when I killed her. 
Lenes also detailed how he was inspired by the Momo challenge that urged children to commit various crimes and self-harm. When Lenes asked where he learned to carve skin and muscle of the bone, he answered that he learned it on social media sites such as YouTube and Facebook. Lenes used scissors to remove skin and muscle off Silawan's face, revealing her skull with her eyeballs still intact. Grabe, kinikilabutan ako sa mga binabasa ko. Prior to Lenes's confession, police had arrested a 17-year-old male suspect. According to Lenes, he came forward because he was hunted by his conscience and that he couldn't bear the fact that another person would suffer the consequence of his crime. So ayun nga, no? Unang-una, buena mano sa listahan, nakakakilabot agad. So the Silawan rape case na nangyari noong 2019, ang biktima dito ay si Christine Lee Silawan. So may she rest in peace. So ang ginawa sa kanya, ang storya nito, Ayon, meron siyang um, complete stranger na nakilala sa Facebook. Kaya yung mga iba dyan, yung mga tao dyan na mahilig makipag-chat-chat sa mga social media accounts, sa mga dating apps, or sa messenger sa Facebook, mag-ingat-ingat kayo guys. Lalo na kung hindi ninyo naman talaga kilala yung kinakausap ninyo and yun nakikipag-relasyon sa inyo. So I'm telling you, mali yan pare. Mali yan, Mars. Mali yan, sis. So, kahit saan matignan, mali yan. Hindi safe yan. So, take example dito sa nangyari dito sa Silawan Rape Case. So, may nakilala siyang lalaki sa Facebook and then naging karelasyon niya daw. Even though hindi niya kilala, hindi niya pa nakikita in person, sa chat niya lang nakausap at nakilala. And then, nakipagkita siya. Pagkatapos, nalaman netong kachat niya netong lalaki na ang pangalan ay si Lenes yon na meron daw parang ibang kaklose na lalaki etong si Christine etong si Sumilan or Silawan rather and nagselos bigla and hindi niya alam na parang merong pagkasaykopat etong kanyang nakachat na kanyang kinita ngayon So yun, nagalit and then pinatay siya. And napaka-brutal ng ginawang pagpatay sa kanya. So pinagsasaksak siya. Higit tatlong pong beses siyang pinagsasaksak gamit ang gunting. And trinay niyang manlaban pero hindi siya nakapaglaban. Talagang namatay siya and after niyang mamatay, binalatan daw siya ng bu- binalatan daw yung mukha niya. So tinanggal yung balat sa mukha niya ang natira na lang yung kanyang bungo and then yung mga mata niya andun pa sa bungo hindi natanggal still intact yung eyeballs niya pero wala nang balat binalatan ng buo yung mukha niya tinira na lang yung bungo sabi nung lalaki na gumawa nun, nung kriminal na inspired daw siya nung game na nag-erap dati nung 2019 yun nga yung Momo Challenge yung napaka-creepy at demonyadong laro na yon na nag-urge sa mga naglalaro na pumatay and gumawa ng iba't ibang karumal-dumal na bagay. So yun, um, mag-ingat lang tayo guys sa mga, yun nga, sa mga nalalaro natin. 
sa mga nakikita natin sa social media kasi according dito natuto daw siyang magbalat ng tao kakapanood sa mga video sa Facebook and YouTube so magingat tayo guys sa mga pinapanood natin kasi nagkakaroon niya ng influensya sa utak natin and nakaka yan sa pag-uugali at pag-iisip natin and magingat din talaga tayo guys yun nga yung tinatawag na stranger dating yung hindi mo kakilala pero um, kinakausap mo may kipagrelasyon ka so wala namang mali dyan kung talagang sigurado ka na yung tao ay mabuti pero ang hirap kasing i-distinguish niyan guys eh lalo na hindi mo naman kilala kung sino yan tagasan yan ano bang ugali niyan diba tapos i-chat-chat mo kakausapin mo makikipagrelasyon ka and then makikipagkita ka so diba parang Walang ano eh, tawag dito, wala kang may kitang positive, ba diba? Parang kahit saan mo tignan, parang egul, parang luging-lugi ka. And yun nga, worst case scenario, ganito yung mangyayari sa'yo. Re-rapein ka and papatayin ka pa. So, mabuti na lang, sumuko etong kriminal na si Lenes. So, sabi niya na konsensya daw siya, hindi niya daw kayang tanggapin kasi mayroong ibang napagbintangan. na pumatay and inaresto yon so nung nalaman niya yun nabalitaan niya yon parang hinant daw siya ng konsensya niya kaya sumuko na lang siya so sana nagdudusa na siya ngayon sa kulungan kung saan kulungan man siya nakakulong kasi grabe yung ginawa niya karumal dumal sana nagdudusa na siya and sana nagsisisi siya ba diba? and sa pamilya silawan Um, even though it's already been a year um, kung siguro mapapakinggan ninyo to I still would like to send my condolences my um, empathy to you guys so yun may Christine Lee Silawan rest in peace may she be in God's hands right now so yun ang ating first sa ating list Number two sa ating the most notorious rape and slay cases that shocked the Philippines ay ang Visconde Massacre na nangyari noong 1991. The Visconde Massacre is one of the most high-profile rape and murder cases in the Philippines. It occurred on June 30, 1991. when three members of the Visconde family were brutally murdered in their home in B.F. Homes, Paranaque. The victims were Carmela Visconde, 19 years old, Jennifer Visconde, 6 years old, and their mother, Estrelita Visconde, 49 years old. Lauro Visconde, the father and husband of the victims, was away on a business trip in the U.S. Estrelita, suffered 13 stab wounds. Carmela was raped before she was murdered, sustaining 17 stab wounds. Jennifer, who was only 6 years old, had 19 stab wounds. The massacre left the nation in disbelief. There had been no leads in the case until 1995. Jessica Alfaro stepped forward as a self-described key witness to the crime. 
Alfaro's testimony sent shockwaves around the nation. She implicated the sons of some of the country's wealthiest and most powerful families. Among the accused were Hubert Webb, Antonio Lejano II, Hospicio Fernandez, Michael Gachalian, Miguel Rodriguez, Peter Estrada, Joey Fillart, and Artemio Ventura. Webb is the son of former Senator Fred Webb. According to Alfaro's testimony, she was friends with the suspects and they were having a drug session when Hubert Webb allegedly decided to rape Carmela Visconde. Alfaro said that when they got to the residence, Webb instructed her to come with him because Estrelita would only allow Carmela to entertain female guests. Once in the residence, Alfaro claimed that Webb followed Carmela to the dining room, so she went out to have a smoke. From outside the house, Alfaro said, Alfaro said she was Lejano and Ventura, take a knife from the kitchen and proceeded to kill the mother first. Alfaro further explained that after Estrelita was killed, Webb proceeded to rape Carmela. But Jennifer woke up and saw what he was doing to her sister. So she jumped on Webb and bit him. Alfaro reported that Webb threw Jennifer across the room to a wall and then stabbed her repeatedly. Alfaro's testimonies were corroborated by other witnesses. On the other hand, Webb's legal team argued that Alfaro's testimony should not be considered reliable because she admitted that she too was intoxicated during the events of the murder. Almost a decade of the massacre, on January 6, 2000, the court ruled that Webb and company were guilty beyond reasonable doubt. After another decade, in December 2010, the Supreme Court reversed the lower court's decision, ruling that the prosecution failed to prove that Webb and company were guilty beyond reasonable doubt. Webb was acquitted and then released from prison right after. The Supreme Court decision broke the heart of Lauro Visconde, who, since the murder of his family, dedicated the rest of his life with the group of volunteers against crime and corruption. Lauro passed away in 2016. Grabe din yung nangyari dito sa Visconde Massacre Case, no? 1991. So, hindi pa ako buhay nung nangyari to. Maybe kung napapakinggan mo to, nabalitaan mo na to ngayon kung pinanganak ka nung 1991. So, ganun. Alam nyo na siguro yung story, pero dun sa mga hindi nakakaalam, ayun nga, pinatay etong tatlong kababaihan sa pamilya netong pamilya Visconde which is yung nanay and yung dalawang magkapatid. Ang tinuturong sospek ng witness na si Alfaro ay yung anak netong si dating senador na Fred Webb, which is si Hubert Webb. So mga ano to, mga rich kid, mga anak ng mga mayayaman, ang ginagawa daw nila, meron daw silang drug session. So nagdodroga-droga sila, drugs-drugs, ganyan. And then nung masyado silang nahay, naging intoxicated sila biglang naisipan daw neto ni Hubert Webb na 
pupuntahan si Carmela. Si Carmela Visconde sa bahay nila para rapin siya. So sinama niya etong si Alfaro kasi nga yung nanay daw nun ni Carmela pinapapasok lang yung mga babaeng bisita. So dahil may kasama siyang babae, ano siya? Pinapasok siya. So si Alfaro, nun nandun na sila sa loob, nagyosi muna siya sa labas and then dun na daw nirape netong si Webb, etong si Carmela. And pinatay niya muna bago niya rapen. And ang una niya palang pinatay yung nanay, so pinagsasaksak niya. And then yun na nga, nirape and pinatay niya na etong si Carmela. And then yung bunso na 6 years old nakita niya na kung ano yung ginagawa sa ate niya. Kaya kinagat niya etong si Webb. Pero dahil nga malaking tao, lalaki, syempre tapos nakadroga. So inano niya lang. Binato niya lang sa pader yung batang babae and then pinagsasaksak niya rin. So wala siyang tinirang buhay doon sa mga nasa bahay. So after a decade na rule ng Supreme Court na guilty etong si Hubert Webb kasama yung iba pa niyang mga kasamang sospek. Pero after a decade din, pinalaya din kasi wala daw sapat na ebidensya. Kaya yun naging heartbreaking para dito sa natitirang Visconde na si Lauro Visconde na ayun nga ba diba, parang walang nakamit na hostesya yung pamilya mo narule na ng korte na guilty pero after ilang years na overrule na palaya so talagang nakaka heartbreaking kasi dinedicate niya daw yung buong buhay niya para mahuli yung mga gumawa nun sa mga pamilya niya. Pero yun nga, walang nangyari. Saglit na panahon lang nakulong. So napaka-sakit, napaka-heartbreaking. Next on the list, we have the Chiyong Murders in 1997. The Chiyong murder case is one of the most controversial late rape slay cases in the Philippines because of the amount of publicity it gained. Rumors surrounded the case including one that claims that the sisters were not murdered but are actually still alive and living in Canada. Another strange twist in the case is the seemingly solid alibi of the lead suspect in the case. On July 17, 1997, sisters Marijoy and Jacqueline Chiyong went missing. According to the prosecution, Jacqueline and Mary Joy were waiting for a ride home when they were forced into a car at about 10 p.m. on July 16, 1997 at the Ayala Center Cebu. According to the Chiyong family, Mary Joy and Jacqueline were brought to a house in Barangay Guadalupe, Cebu City, where they were raped. Then, they were transported to Karkar, where they were again raped. Two days later, Marijoy's body, bruised and raped, was found at the bottom of a ravine in Karkar. Jacqueline's remains are missing to this day. For some reason, the prosecution identified Francisco Paco Laranyaga as the mastermind of the crime. In 2004, Laranyaga along with six other men 
were convicted of raping and murdering the Chiyong sisters. But Laranyaga had an ironclad alibi where he was not in Cebu but in Quezon City the whole time attending his classes in school. The school logs actually show his attendance which was corroborated by his classmates and teachers. He even answered an exam. Give Up Tomorrow 2011 is an award-winning documentary that purports to show how the trials from the lower court to the Supreme Court were mishandled and how the state witnesses for the prosecution was unreliable. Despite the seeming lack of evidence, Laranyaga and six other men were placed on death row. Laranyaga holds dual citizenship as a Spanish Filipino. He was extradited to force Spain in 2009 and has since sought help from the entire European, European Union for his case. Spain's royal family appealed to the Philippines to admit a mistrial while the Spanish government and the European Union lobbied for the Philippines to declare Laranyaga and his co-accused innocent. Some people consider Paco Laranyaga lucky that he is a citizen of the powerful and influential European Union, but for the six of his co-accused, they remain in prison to this day. So hindi malinaw yung nangyari dito sa Chiyong murder case. Parang nilaro-laro lang siya ng prosecution and without the support of solid evidence pinagbintangan nila and ginawa nilang prime suspect etong si Laranyaga which is a half Spanish national so merong documentary na ibig sa, na pinangalan ng Give Up Tomorrow na nagpapakita na parang meron daw mistrial and mishandlement dun sa ginawang trial nung korte dito kay Laranyaga kasi wala daw siyang wala daw nakikitang um, sapat na ebidensya para i-condemn siya para i-convict siya na siya yung talagang pumatay and ng slay ng rape dito sa Chiyong dito sa mga Chiyong so yun nangyari kasi dito sa mga Chiyong ilang beses daw ni rape and then pinagpapatay pero merong mga rumors na yung isa dito sa mga Chiyong ay buhay at nasa Canada ngayon. So parang pinapalabas na parang makikita na parang pinagbintangan lang talaga itong si Laranyaga and yung kasama niyang anim na co-accused. Luckily, lucky daw si Paco Laranyaga kasi may dugong Espanyol siya and tinulungan siya ng European Union and ng Spanish royal family para um, mapalabas na inosente siya kasi wala naman talagang sapat na ebidensya talagang idinidiin lang siya ng prosecution and may solid siyang alibi wherein yung whole time na nangyari yung krimen nasa Quezon siya and wala siya sa Cebu kasi sa Cebu nangyari yung krimen and nasa Quezon daw siya ng mga time na yon and nag-aaral siya So may mga ebidensya na nagsusuport dun sa alibi niya which is yung mga school logs, mga attendances, and yung testimonies ng kanyang mga kaklase and mga teachers and even yung exam na sinagutan niya. 
Pero kahit merong mga ganon, ganon dinidiin pa rin talaga siya ng prosecution. But luckily, hindi siya nakulong. Um, hindi, muntik, pa nga siyang, muntik pa nga siyang ma-sentence sa kamatayan kasi na-place siya sa death row. Yan. Buti na lang talaga natulungan siya ng European Union and ng Spanish Royal Family. Pero yung kasama niyang anim, hanggang ngayon nakakulong pa rin daw. So yon yung ating pangatlo na case. Now let's move on to our fourth case. Which is the Halos Hoss case in 1996. Romeo Halos Hoss is a convicted child rapist. In June 1996, when he committed the crime, he was congressman of Sambuanga del Norte. In 46 pages, the Supreme Court laid down its decision of convicting Halos Hoss. For all we know, Halos Hoss may have found a distinct and complete sexual gratification in such kind of libidinous stunts and maneuvers. Halos Hoss may have reached that point where he would rather have sex with a girl of tender age who could even pass his granddaughter. Top with the trusting motions by Halos Hoss, the resulting pain by the victim in her sex organ was no doubt a consequence of consummated rape. Read part of the Supreme Court's decision. In December 1996, just before the government could issue a warrant of arrest at the Batasan, Halos Hoss fled. He hid in a remote island near Bataan. Agents of the National Bureau of Investigation or NBI eventually tracked him down. In 1997, The Supreme Court ruled with finality the guilty verdict on Halos Hoss for the multiple statutory rape for an, of an 11-year-old girl. He was given a life sentence. In 2007, then-President Gloria Macapagal Arroyo granted Halos Hoss clemency and commuted his sentence to 16 years only. He was released from prison in 2009. In 2017, he petitioned against he petitioned President Duterte to grant him a full pardon so he can run again for public office. Kapal din ang mukha, no? So, eto daw si Romeo Halosjos, isa siyang convicted child rapist. Pero, ano na siya, ang dami niyang, ang dami niyang kaso patungkol sa rape. And nung napatunayan siyang may kasalanan, nung aarestuhin na dapat siya, tumakas pa, tumakas pa ang walang hiya. So tumakas siya, pumunta siya sa isang isla sa Bataan, pero naano siya, na-track down siya ng NBI and then naaresto siya. And naano siya, nasentensyahan siya na makulong panghabang buhay. Pero etong magaling nating presidente dati, Nung 2007 na si Gloria Makapagal Arroyo na parang wala namang ginawang tama, yung convicted and napatunayan na child rapist ay ginawa niyang, binigyan niya ng clemency. Inutos niya na mapaikli yung sentensya. Imbes na habang buhay, ginawa na lang 16 years. Ngi, 
ano kaya yun? Rapist, bibigyan mo ng clemency, napatunayan pa yan ha, tumakas pa ka mo. At hindi lang yun yung nirape pa, bata. Imbis na makukulong na panghabang buhay, ginawa lang 16 years, ano kaya yun? Talagang Gloria Makapagal-Aroyo, walang ginawang tama. Eto pa nung nakalaya, etong si Halos Hos, nag-ano pa, nakiusap pa kay Duterte ngayon nung 2017 na sana daw bigyan siya uli ng pagkakataon for public office. Kapal din ang mukha, no? Diyan magaling mga Pilipino eh. Bigay ng bigay ng second chance sa mga kriminal. Kaya walang, kaya walang pag-usbong, kaya walang pag-unlad. Hilig natin sa mga kriminal, hilig natin magpabor sa mga kriminal. Come on now, it's time to change that. It's already 2020. And we are seeing the, that people are suffering due to the incompetence of the government. Eh, sino ba naglalagay sa atin dyan sa mga gobyerno? Sino ba naglalagay dyan sa mga nakupo sa gobyerno? Di ba tayo din, mga Pilipino din, kayo-kayo din? Eh, mga pinipili ninyo, mga halatang-halatang incompetent, yung iba nga, mga kriminal pa. Bibigyan nyo pa ng second chance, mga kriminal. No kaya yun? Kriminal magpapatakbo sa bansa. Ngi. Awit. So let's move on. Next is the Lucila Lulu murder in 1967. Lucila Lu was the original chap-chap lady. A term that described women whose body parts were dismembered and scattered across different parts of the city or province to cover up the identity of the victim. Sometime in the early 60s, Lu left her hometown in Candaba, Pampanga to seek, to seek her fortunes in Manila, where she found a job as a waitress. When she, sh- when she saved up enough money from her waiting tables, she put up a salon at Manila's red light district. Then, in 1967, she disappeared. On May 28, the police discovered in Malabon a badly wrapped package that contained different parts of body parts. A pair of legs chopped into four pieces. The body parts were wrapped with newspaper that was dated May 14th. They were handed over to the police by garbage collectors who reported that the package felt cold as like frozen meat being defrosted. They knew it was a woman's because of the well-pedicured toenails. A day later, a similar package was found on Edsa near, near Guadalupe Bridge this time, containing a torso. Like the first one, it was wrapped in newspaper but dated May 23. The police concluded that these body parts had to be from one person, so they suspected that the hands they found in Recto Avenue a week earlier belonged was connected to these body parts. Luckily, the police had Lulu's fingerprints on file, which they got when she applied for police clearance years prior. They identified the body as Lulu's. 
Lucila Lulu's case remains unsolved to this day. Her gruesome death led to the rise of urban legends and cautionary tales told to young girls so they come home early lest they become the chop chop lady. So this is our last murder case that is on the list. The Lucila Lulu murder case which happened on 1967. Ito daw si Lucila Lulu, siya original, yung OG na Chop Chop Lady. By the way, may she rest in peace. So, etong Chop Chop Lady na to, hanggang ngayon, hindi pa rin nasosolve, hindi pa rin nalalaman kung sino yung pumatay sa kanya, kung sino-sino yung mga ng Chop Chop sa katawan niya. So, nirape siya, pinatay, and then dismember yung kanyang mga body parts so sa pang, sa Pampanga sa Pampanga siya una nagtrabaho ay taga Pampanga pala siya and then naghanap siya ng trabaho sa Manila bilang isang waitress and then nung nakaipon siya naging isa siyang salon owner sa Manila Red District but then bigla na lang siyang nawala and natagpuan na lang yung kanyang iba't ibang parte ng katawan sa iba't ibang parte ng Pilipinas. Una, yung kanyang pair of legs na chinap-chap sa apat na piraso. So, natagpuan yan sa Malabon. And then, natagpuan din yung kanyang torso sa EDSA naman, sa may Guadalupe. And then, natagpuan din yung kanyang kamay and yung ibang body parts sa recto naman. So, magkakahiwalay na parte ng Pilipinas na tagpuan yung katawan neto ni Lucila Lulu. Which hanggang ngayon, hindi pa rin, hindi pa rin na sasolve yung kaso. Hindi pa rin na discover kung ano ba talaga nangyari, sino ba talagang gumawa nito. So, all we can do is pray and hope na babuksan ulit yung kaso and mahuli kung sino man yung salaren. So, that is it guys. For our list of the most notorious rape and slay cases that shocked the Philippines. Once again, credits to Mario Alvaro Limos and to EsquiredMag.ph. So, once again, may all those victims rest in peace now, rest easy. Kung nasaan man sila ngayon, I hope they are in, in a better place and yung mga... Nakulong, manatili kayong nakakulong <laughs> kung life sentence man. Sana magsisi sila sa kanilang managawa. And dun sa mga hindi pa nasosolve na kaso, sana masolve na. Sana mabigyan ng kustisya yung mga pamilya and yung mga individuals na naging biktima. So once again, disclaimer muna bago ako mag-end. Um, this episode contains my personal thoughts and opinions i am not degrading judging anyone so yun i am just expressing my right using my right of freedom of speech so yun this contains my personal thoughts and opinions this does not cover the other hosts opinions and thoughts and point of views and of the podcast itself so yun lang guys, maraming maraming salamat sa inyong pakikinig. Follow nyo ako sa Twitter at RapaLC na walang vowels that is at RPHLC. Yan, makikita nyo dyan. And follow nyo rin yung 
Twitter and Facebook accounts netong Stories Philippines Podcast. And guys, I recommend to you yung isa pa naming podcast which is Not Your Ordinary Podcast. So available yan sa Anchor, sa Apple Podcast, sa Spotify, and sa marami pang platforms kung saan mo man ito pinakikinggan. So search mo lang Not Your Ordinary Podcast. So magugustuhan mo yung mga content namin dyan. So maraming maraming salamat guys. Once again, this is your host Rap and this is Philippine True Crimes brought to you by Stories Philippines Podcast. Peace out. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.